stop goal! And... It's over! They've done it! Evans has done it! Welcome back to another episode of Two Words, Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. It is our big game special and our last episode of 2023. What a Saturday. I'm sat here, as always, with my cousin Will. A little bit ropey after indulging in what was always the best day of the year. I love it. It never fails to deliver. How are you feeling, mate? I was going to say, you don't sound too enthusiastic for the last <laughs> episode of the year in a big game special. No. I'm also a little bit ropey. It's that kind of time now, the seven-day window between Christmas and New Year's where everyone's kind of lost as to what day it is, <laughs> what time it is, and, and what they should be eating and drinking and when. It was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, a great day out. It was a little bit closer to New Year's this year on the 30th. Typically, it's on the 27th, which threw me a little bit. Uh, normally, I'm in a bit more of a festive spirit, whereas this time it was a bit more about the New Year, wasn't it? So psychologically, it felt... A bit different, but very much the same showpiece on and off the field. It was amazing, wasn't it? We'll talk about it in great detail throughout this episode. We'll talk about the off-field entertainment as much as we talk about the game on the field as well. Across two fixtures, one was record-breaking, another one delivered us five points. The best place to start, I think, mate, is with the day, isn't it? It is with the day. Um, And I should very quickly apologise for uh, not bringing you all a podcast last week. I did actually go down to Bath, um, but much much like everyone else was in the festive spirit and overdid it. And then text Will on the train home saying, oh, mate, we're good for a podcast tomorrow morning. You had to get up early. We were looking to record about nine o'clock and actually get one out as a Christmas Day special. I've got a bone to pick with you on that as well, because I bought my microphone and my laptop (laughs) home with me. I had to lug it home with all my presents and everything else. I had to leave extra space just to bring it all home so I could do a podcast from home, not my flat in London, with you on the on the Sunday morning, I think it was, after yeah. bath, only for you to oversleep and then overcook the turkey. Yeah, I was in an absolute world of pain on that Sunday morning. Yeah. I woke up about 12 o'clock and went, oh no. So we binned it in for that week, but we're back this week. But mate, you're absolutely right. Best place to start is just the day. It's... We've said it before, say it You again. love it, don't you? It's, it's your favourite day of the year. It, it's my favourite day of the year. I get to be with my best mates. We've we've done it since we were, Jesus, 15, 14, coming up with my dad, 16, 17, when you can come up on the train from Brighton. And then when I moved to London, going on six, seven years ago now, it's just, you know, I, I live here, we can spend the day here, and you've not got to fight the trains back into... Sussex on the way home and it just means you can enjoy the day even more and it's it's brilliant mate and like you say it's been it's been an, an interrupted sort of one the last couple of years you know with, with Omicron and then there was the trains and then we had it moved to March and we had the big game last year at the Stoop and all those sort of things and Covid and blah 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 it's been 15 years by the way 15 mad, years mad, isn't it? I reckon I was, I was trying to count actually the ones I've done I think that was my 12th Nice. I've only missed three in between. I think I've done 12. And Who do you think was the man or woman that came up with this idea 15 years ago? Because everyone must have looked at them around that meeting room table and thought, cool, that's a bit ambitious. And then look at us 15 years later, rolling it out year after year, packing the place out. And it's become a bit of a happy hunting ground, hasn't it? I can't remember the last time we lost. We've drawn well, a couple was, of times. They said, it on their, they said it on comms when I watched the game back. I think we've only lost one maybe two big games i remember we drew yeah. one against leicester a few years ago yeah but and it's all against gloucester actually 39 all do you remember that one absolutely it's absolutely right though it is always a happy hunting ground we always seem yeah. to turn up and deliver the points which is brilliant and obviously in the last two or three years it's turned into a big double header as well which is amazing yeah exactly exactly but, yeah special day being with your friends about that actually because um the England women's team don't play at Twickenham, really. They sort of tour around the UK, which I actually quite like. It reminds me of the England football team when Wembley was being rebuilt. It was quite yeah. cool seeing them play at Old Trafford, Nellon Road and St. James's Park, yeah. whatever else. And the England women's team tend to do that, going around the country, playing at Sandy Park or King's Home. They've done one at the Stoop before, I think. I think that's quite cool. But for a lot of our players, they probably haven't played at Twickenham ever before and they might not play at Twickenham again because they go on the road with the England women's side. Yeah, It must have been really cool for them to play there as well. Uh, it's probably the reason why some of these players across both programmes are keen to come and play at Quinns. You, know, you get that day every year and hopefully two with Big Summer kickoff not far away either. You get the chance yeah. to play at the home of rugby. You know, the, the boys get to do it twice a year. I'm not sure whether it's going to be a double header sort of come April, May time, but 
it's one of the reasons that you want to come and play for the club, isn't it? It's going to play it on the biggest stage. 100%. 100%. And we'll talk about Big Summer Kickoff a little bit later in the episode as well, because that was announced yesterday at Big Game 15 as well. We will be facing Northampton Saints in April time, which is likely to be a pivotal clash in the league, isn't it? Looking at the league table at the moment, three points separate the top six. We're in sixth and we're only three points behind Northampton who are top, which is ridiculous. I've said it once and I'll say it again. I'm looking at the points on the right-hand side of that table, not the league positions on the left, because that (laughs) is telling and it changes week on week on week. So that's going to be a huge clash. We'll dive into that a little bit more deeply later on. Quinsby Northampton in April, big summer kickoff. It's going to be bigger and better than ever. So make sure you sign up to that right now, as you would have done for Big Game 15 many, many months ago. Let's get into some rugby, shall we? Let's talk about the Harlequins women versus Gloucester Heartbreak game first up. It was a new world record for a women's club rugby attendance, 16,237. And it felt like that as well. I remember watching it in the patch as I just arrived to meet a few people before I headed over. I was watching the first half in the patch and unfortunately the first half didn't really go our way. We were didn't get a plan, did down it? At one point. <laughs> and it was looking pretty bleak, but you've got to remember Gloucester Hartbury, the current champions, and they are a very, very good outfit. Very well coached with, with superstars all over the park including one of our own, formerly Sarah Beckett, who we, yeah. who we miss dearly. Brilliant person as well as a brilliant player. But friend, of, friend of the pod. At one point. Friend of the pod, one of our first ever guests. But it looked pretty bleak at one point, 26-0 down. But we fought back. It was a good contest in the end, 26-7 at halftime. Then we bounced back into the second half, managed to pull it back to 26-19. And you're thinking we could get something from the game, if not a win. Uh, and unfortunately, one try at the end kind of takes it out of our grasp when we come away empty-handed. But... I remember in the first half just watching on the screens in the patch and thinking there's a lot of people in there. Every single tier had sort of a scattering of people everywhere. I was trying to guess what the attendance might be. I thought it was going to be big and I ventured over sort of towards the end of the second half and um, yeah, world record crowd. Never in doubt. Do you remember when Craig came on a couple of weeks ago? It was actually on the episode that you you were away for. And he was telling me how they actually measure the attendance. It's with a 360 camera because I just sort of assumed the, you know, not being in the know of how operations work, like most people, I suppose, it would be sort of click through the turnstiles and maybe yeah, someone sitting up, not. maybe someone sitting up there, you know, counting them individually. But no, it's a 360 camera that goes around and sort of picks up every seat that's filled with somebody in it. Does it yeah. really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, Where yeah. is that 360 camera? Well, I have no idea. Couldn't tell how you. How on earth does it measure everybody? Yeah. But 16 that's plus a, thousand, you know, that's, that's a good piece of tech. That's selling out the stoop. And with a bit yeah. of interest, isn't it? So yeah. that's pretty cool. It's a really cool way of putting it, actually. That was my first thought when I read that number as well, is that's more than a stoop. Yeah. Imagine picking up every single person in that stand and just taking them over to the stoop and filling out that ground for the game. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, awesome. And they've also, you know, the result didn't go our way, but next no. week next week away at Leicester, who are winless in the league, gives us a chance to bounce back. Yeah, unfortunately, that leaves us eighth out of nine, doesn't it, in... Um, Premiership women's rugby, only above Leicester, who we've got next week, who are winless. So we've played five, won one, lost four. They've played five, lost five. So a lot to play for in that one. On the road is never easy, but you'd like to think, looking at the teams below, you've got to take something from those games. So fingers crossed we'll bounce back four or five points, start to climb that league table. Still plenty of time left. Absolutely. Should we talk about some pre-game or do you want to go into some selection? Let's talk about, let's do it chronologically because let's talk about selection. We found out about that first and that was quite a big talking point for us (laughs) and certainly all the different WhatsApp groups we're in. (laughs) A few surprise names, a few omissions and uh, a slightly concerning injury list, I think is fair to say. Main standout for me, Cam Anderson on the wing, a product of London Scottish, signed formally with Quinns this year. I don't really know sort of how the sort of formal slash informal thing works there because a lot of our players play for Scottish week in, week out as well. And it's nice that Cam is now full-time with us and yeah. and we've been critical of the Scottish partnership at times. I think it's fair to say we've not <laughs> no, you, really... You, you certainly have. <laughs> I certainly have because I'm struggling to see the, the benefit of it. But we're starting to see that now. It's still early days in the partnership and we're seeing some of their players come through and represent the club on a huge scale as well, making your premiership debut at Twickenham in front of 77,000 people against Louis Reese Zamet, British and Irish yeah. Lion and sort of superstar that he is. So hats off to Cam Anderson. He came in, he delivered. 
A lot of the boys were full of praise for him at full time. Marcus Smith in his interview, Alex Dombrandt in his interview. I want to give a shout out to Cam Anderson as well. First Prem start. Um, I thought he was outstanding today. Come in in front of 78,000 people on your Prem start, never easy. And I thought he did fantastic. So, yeah, he's got a bright future ahead of him. So good to see him kind of back up the faith the coaches had in him with his selection. Very quickly, imagine making your Premiership debut at Twickenham in front of 75 plus thousand people. That's mad, just, just retire now, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go on, more selection then. Oscar He's Beard at 13. I, I would have thought he would have been on the wing. I don't know if Will Joseph was due to have a rest week this week. It would be bizarre if he was. I can't imagine anyone had a rest week for big game 15. But he, he must have been injured in that case because I was expecting him to turn out. And the only reason that Oscar Beard wasn't on the wing was because he had to cover that 13 position. But again, I thought he was excellent. And I think he actually came through the Quinn's pathway playing at 13. Well, it's his natural position, isn't it, at 13? Yeah, so it must be quite nice for him to to familiarise himself with that role again and start to embed himself into that 13 shirt because, unfortunately, Luke Northmore's injured quite a lot of the time. Will Joseph's had already a couple of injuries for us. We're very, very depleted in our backs, aren't we? Yeah. Extremely depleted. But well, I think he went extremely well. And it was lucky to have a man like Andre Esterhazen on his inside. If there was ever a 12 to be playing alongside to, to put you at ease and give you a bit of front foot and a bit of dominance, he's the man. But I thought Oscar was excellent. I think he was a, a top candidate for man of the match. Is that pack, say everyone's fit, everyone's available, everyone's fully fresh, is that our best pack? I think it's close. I think it's really close. The tight is, five was immense, wasn't it? Uh, it's our best tight five. I think it is just... Do you the, think? It's just Kenners or, or Dino, isn't it? You know, how how do you get Jack Cunningham in that side? I don't know. But I don't think it's, it's as concrete as that. I think that's definitely our best second row pairing. Definitely our best yeah. props. Wacker's very, very good, but I just think Sam Riley is awesome. Sam Riley's been going he's so my well. He's favourite kind of hooker, if that makes sense. Yeah. You look at the likes of Bristol with Harry Thacker. You look at Theo Dan for Saracens. You've got these dynamic young hookers that are disruptive in the loose as much as they are in the set piece. And I really like that breed of hooker. I think that's the new modern day hooker that's going to be at the forefront of international rugby for the next five or six years at least now, definitely into the next World Cup cycle and beyond. So I quite like Sam Riley, but I will not contest that being our best type five, what we saw at the weekend. And we can't really get away from talking about selection without talking about Gloucester because you look at that side and on paper, it doesn't look like a team that should be they down shouldn't be ninth the in the league, should they? No, it doesn't they've look got, like a team. They've got the British line. and Irish line Chris Harris at 13. Well, less than about him the better, but you know, but you look at you look at <laughs> but you look across it and you think for, right, Ford Robinson and, and McGuigan, obviously, you know, McGuigan's, I think that was his 38th try or something like that in the league. McGuigan's a brilliant player, isn't he? Until... He's another one of those sort of dynamic hookers. Yeah, and then you go to someone like you know Freddie Clark, Alamano, Ackerman, Ludlow, Mercer. Back row is good for them as well, isn't yeah. it? It's a pretty handy back row. You even Thorley. saw that Ackerman's chip through. I know Thorley, Reece, Samick, Carreras. There's plenty there, isn't there? But you know, yeah. let I me mean, look. We're also going to you know go into detail on on some of the players and and what happened during in some of the game. But you do look at that team and you just think it doesn't look like a team that should be down the bottom of the league. But no. unfortunately yeah. for them, they are. Unfortunately for us, they are because it means we're we're playing a side that is probably a little low on confidence, hasn't won for a while. Although we nearly gave them one, didn't we? Although, well, they well they also turned us over at their place right at the start of the season, so we were due one up on them. Yeah, and, uh, and it started pretty well, didn't it? Obviously, we'll talk about the game, but we can't talk about the game without talking about the the atmosphere and the entertainment pre-game. Joel, yeah. Joel Corey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, big fan actually. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was brilliant pre-match. I thought. The laser show before the game was innovative, engaging, fun. I thought Shah Stape at half time was excellent too, keeping the momentum going. Plus in the West Fan Village at full time. Yeah. I thought the whole day had a brilliant buzz about it. And those things don't happen by mistake. They're very meticulous in the detail. It's got to be planned. It's curated. The amount of effort that would have gone into that from the Quinn's Ops team is ridiculous. So hats off to all of them for A, pulling off a great act but then backing it up with supporting acts in the form of Shah Stape at halftime and then delivering an unbelievable laser show before the game. I've never seen anything like that before. I loved the fact that it was popping up all the different Quinn's terms and sort of yeah. come, out, come all within and come together and come on you Quinn. It was brilliant. Uh, the players' really names engaging. and all that. I just thought, I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And also one of the bits was, you remember the pattern on this Premiership winning pink shirt, the um, the river 
Yes. Uh, yeah. That, was on, that was on there at one point. Big game yeah. 15. Very cool storytelling, wasn't it? I, I just thought it was, it was so great cool. For, just it kept people engaged because you can have a light show and it's very, very cool. And I'm not going to put down a light show because I think they're wicked, but this had more depth to it. It had more yeah. of a story. It conveyed what the club is about a bit more. And I think to a casual fan, that's actually quite a, quite a smart way of playing it. Try and get them into the Quinn's way of thinking a little bit more. So, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I, I just don't know how they're going to keep topping themselves because wow. <laughs> they've got fireworks, they've got laser shows, they've got light shows, they've got the flames that come up. What's going to be the next thing? There's going to be a flyover or something or I don't know. I thought it was great. Um, and the atmosphere was really well curated because it's very, very tricky to bring a bit of a fan atmosphere when you've got that many people and a lot of casual fans even I found myself sat in my seat and normally I'm surrounded by yourself, a few of our other mates with the drum, singing all the Quinn's chants, getting really riled up and behind the boys. Even I found myself slipping out of that a little bit because you're yeah. isolated sort of as a, a real fan that loves to sing and shout. You're you're not in that environment anymore. So you don't give as much as you typically would on a match day. And I think there was a Quinza block that I'll probably consider sitting in next year where you can sort of sit around other people that were all about the singing and the shouting and and creating a bit more of a rugby environment. But I thought from start to finish that the whole match day was exceptional. And I think the RFU have got a lot to learn from that. Oh god! I just I mean, do not understand how that can't be replicated for England games. I know a lot of them are in the afternoon and it's perhaps not as dark as it was for our 5.30 kickoff, but I'm sure some autumn internationals are around 5.30 kickoffs. And why can they not do those laser shows? Why can they not do the light shows? Why can they not get live entertainment for a game? I just don't get it. And they charge triple the price as well. So... The fact that this has been going on for 15 years now, and this started out with sort of the X Factor runners-up coming on. (laughs) Last year, we had Faithless. This year, we've had Joel Corey. In between that, we've had Craig David at Big Summer Kickoff. This product has grown and grown and grown and become enormous that no other rugby club could emulate it, I think, is probably my, my guess. We benefit from being across the road from Twickenham in that sense as well. Saracens try it with Tottenham. I know Bath tried it at one point at Twickenham, but it's just too far for their fans. We're very, very lucky. And I just see it growing and growing. And the fact that it's grown to such a point that in the last two years, big summer kickoffs being a thing, the next one in summer is going to be amazing. And I cannot wait to get behind that even more than this one. Crucially though, none of that seems to matter unless the performance on the pitch delivers. You know, you have to back exactly. up. Exactly, yeah. To, and we, and we, off, you know, we, we say it quite a lot. We often do back up massive you know pre-game entertainment with proper entertainment on the pitch and it, it certainly delivered didn't it i mean we didn't start the game massively quickly it took us a few minutes to get into the game um george mcguigan actually we mentioned him at the, at the start but he made an unbelievable turnover to sort of stall us early and tiger green green was looking quite settled under the high ball but there was a little bit of rain it was sort of bit Tricky chewy. One for it was a quite back. windy well the conditions weren't absolutely perfect but then the first try comes from our our man, our man at thirteen, doesn't it, Oscar Bean? I almost look like a sort of maybe it's just your brain's conditioned to see sort of the hand go out, a bit like with Tyrone Green's yellow card in the game, which we obviously mentioned. But because it was obviously a kick and not a pass, it was more of a charge down, wasn't it? So Bean yeah. sort of just pops his left arm out, <clears throat> ball falls for him, makes the break. Chris Harris then gives away the penalty. You know, British Irish line in you know outside <laughs> outside outside centres already given away penalties against Oscar, Oscar Beard, so it's one 0 up early early on, and then we just take the quick tap. Webb actually takes the quick tap. Marcus and Danny was it Webb? Here. I was going to ask actually because I remember Danny Kerr is instrumental in finishing that try. The way he carries the ball is so yeah. composed, and he sucks in four players. But because he's out there, I'm thinking, who's made that quick he's- tap? Danny's station. We're still on the replays on the highlights. The camera crew haven't caught up yet, have they? Was it Webb? Yeah, it was Webb. So Danny's always stationed at outside centre. Webb takes the quick tap. It goes through a couple of sets of hands. Eventually, finds its way to Danny, and then it goes through. and And Nick David goes sort of in on the early on the right hand side, and we're off to the races. Apart from something we mentioned, we'll mention of course, Marcus is a little bit of an issue off the tee. Yeah, that was frustrating. Just on yeah, that, it was. Uh, the, the the Oscar Beard break. He gets about 40 metres, but the last 10 metres of those, he's carrying about two players so with him. Clinging on to and those, no, but seriously, those 10 metres make all the difference. Yeah, They make all the difference because all of a sudden, we're probably not doing a quick tap penalty. We're probably just kicking to the corner. 
the physicality of that guy is insane. It's, it's public school strength, isn't it? Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, takes but- it an extra 10 metres. Web quick thinking, Harlequin's DNA. But the man that makes that try is Danny Kerr. He was awesome. And there's a really funny clip actually going around. If you haven't seen it already, I've I think seen it. ITV crazy. might have posted it. When Marcus Smith is announced as man of the match, you've got Danny pulling faces on the bench, throwing his hands up in the air. For me, I thought he was, he was, Marcus was excellent. Don't get me wrong. Marcus was magnificent ball in hand and kicking out of hand. He was good as well. Off the team, yeah. extremely disappointing, especially at Twickenham. But I thought Danny was excellent and, and very much in with a shout for man of the match. What do you think about Gloucester's first try? Was it a forward pass? Um, I thought it was a brilliant try, to be honest. Yeah. I remember saying it in my seat at the time. You know what? Fair play to them. That's an excellent score. A really good score. However, that was a forward pass for yeah. Stephen Varney. Mind facing you. his own goalposts and yeah. sort of fizzes it back and their player takes it in front of him. It, it was a forward pass. But we do get one back karma on came back to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah karma did. came back to us in the end. It didn't feel like the referee was giving forward passes all day anyway. So <laughs> um, I won't lose sleep over it because I think we got the rub of the green later on in the game, which we'll talk about yeah. as well. But yeah, fair play to them. Lovely score. Ackerman with the kick, collected by Reese. Yeah, good set of skills from Ackerman in the back because yeah. he then sort of followed up the kick and made make the offload for the tackle or make, makes the offload for the try, I should say. But yeah, absolutely. the second the second score of the game is just where you see Marcus starting to find his feet. Isn't this it? is where he wins his man of the match awards, isn't it? Just yeah. the simple assist, but it's anything but simple. He could beat somebody in a phone box, couldn't he? It's a oh, small man. gap, but he just kicks through it. And just creates a two and one and just puts David in. And it looks as simple as anything, but it's a remarkable piece of skill in a small amount of space that is very, very sharp thinking. And no other 10 seems to do it. There was a couple of times I was sat with my mate, Zach Mikowski, watching the game. And he was saying there's a couple of times where it opened up for Adam Hastings and he should be kicking through those gaps, but he just wasn't. Other 10s don't play the game that way. He did, is you see, did you see who it was that... Marcus sold the dummy on and then broke through the gap inside shoulder. No, was it Reece Emmett? No, Chris Harris again. That that world that, that world class that world class defenders having holes put in him all over the place. But <laughs> um, you know, it's it's brilliant. It's 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 just the slight little pump of the hands. Yeah. And ha- Harris's shoulders and his hips and his eyes both turn to the outside, and Marcus goes, "Oh, there's a nice big gap." I'm just it's funny how he leans there. back as well, isn't it? He sort of pushes his chest out, leans yeah. back. It's almost like his head can't keep up with him. I know, but sort it of just, jolts through the gap. Um, one person we do need to talk about didn't have too much to do, but he did finish the try. Nick David. Yeah. I was thinking this week, we really miss Caden Murley. We really miss his tries. We don't have the best of Lewis Liner at the moment. We don't have the devastating finisher that saw us go to premiership glory in 2021. We don't have that. We are missing try scorers and we really need our wingers to step up here. A lot of pressure on Cam Anderson on his Prem debut opposite Louis Rees-Samit. I think his job was just to keep him quiet. Yeah. And he did that. Nick David needed to step up, and he did. And we still need him to continue to step up away at Newcastle and further into the season in Europe and against Leicester at the end of January because Caden seems like he's going to be out for a while. Lewis is far from his best at the moment, and we're really light on backs. Luke Northmore's a little way away still. I don't know what's wrong with Will Joseph. Hopefully it's not too long. But we really need some of those players to step up and start becoming the finishers that Caden Murley and Lewis Liner used to be. Two for him, yeah. which is encouraging. But he just he seems so much more settled since he's moved back to the wing. I know he's a natural fullback, and obviously yeah. they started started the season with Ty on the wing and David at fullback, and then Tyrone has just sort of found his feet and found his rhythm, and he's playing unbelievably well, almost as good as we've ever seen him play. But I David just it... seems to have settled back into rhythm on the wing. Yeah. He actually played really well against Bath. So balanced. He's just he is very, very balanced and he just he glides through the tackles. He finished both those tries really well. I know the second one's a bit of a run-in, but the first try yeah. finishes it really, really well. Yeah, he does. He really does. And um you actually said this a couple of weeks ago, mate. It's actually really handy having a second fifteen on the pitch. And it's good that we've especially... got two fullbacks that can both play wing as well. But when it's as windy and gusty and kind of drizzling down as it was at Twickenham and the same at Bath the week before. I think it's just an added layer of security, isn't it? Having a couple of fullbacks on the pitch that can sweep in behind and have that solidity under the high ball. It really is important. And I know wingers are becoming increasingly dependent on that high ball when it's probably an area where Eddie Jones wouldn't select Caden Murley and uh-huh. Steve Borthwick isn't looking at him as well. 
I think Kane's excellent under the high ball, but I think it's just a, an easy get out to say because he's lacking in a bit of height compared to the likes of Cochrane Singer or Malins that they get picked. I think it's it's an area where wingers are becoming increasingly important is, is that high ball contest. It's not just about ball in hand and defence. It's, it's the aerial battle. And to have a full back there is extremely helpful. And Marcus does the same job, doesn't he? When we're, you know, Marcus will drop into the backfield and, and sort of play that hybrid 10-15 sweeper with two people deep. But especially at Twickenham, when it's such a big space, and like you say, the weather wasn't quite playing its part, to have two very natural fullbacks that are sweeping up those big open spaces at Twickenham does make all the difference. But it wasn't um, it wasn't big sweeping open spaces for the third try, was it? It's just pure oh, brilliance. This is my try of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember... It's only a few minutes later as well. It kind of catches everyone by surprise, doesn't oh, it's, it? It's, it's very, very quickly after. But do you remember last year's big game, the one in March against Exeter, Danny's offload at the back for Sam Riley's try? Yes, I just, do, yeah. Danny just finds ways on the biggest stage, the great showman that he is, to find these pieces of magic. And, you know, you can't you can't get away from, from Alex Dombrand's role in this try. Just, you know, the telepathy, yeah, reading what Danny's going to do. Because also, when I watched it on the, on the replay this morning, there's four or five Gloucester defenders that are really sort of trying to increase their defensive intensity. They're really trying to increase their line speed. Yeah. He reads and, it perfectly. And reads it perfectly. And I referenced big game 14 there briefly. We had the chip and chase last year with uh, with March. Marcus, non- Marcus and Andre. Oh. And then the pass went to Caden Murley from memory. Whereas this year it was Danny and Dombrand. Yeah. And Danny's it's always just... Danny though, isn't it? It used to be the thing that just... Danny did with Marchant. Yeah. It used but to be just... the sort of triangle through ball FIFA kind of sit. <laughs> L1, L1 triangle. Yeah, so yeah, yeah left trigger. <laughs> but it's just the... It's, it's just a little outside of the boot. And my favourite part of the try is how Dombrand just collects the ball and just brushes off Zach Mercer like a small Bones child. Yeah. And Mercer then sort of bumps into Reece Samet. They're both less sprawling on the floor. And the Cretian ball, Alex Dombrand just swoops on it, glides over, and suddenly you think, right, brilliant. However, unfortunately, Marcus is still missing his kick. So we're only yeah. 15-7 at that stage rather than being 21-7, which, which is a little is bit huge, isn't it? Yeah. It is huge. And it's it, absolutely massive, but it, it makes a difference, doesn't it? It makes a huge difference, huge difference. We should be out of sight by that point, unfortunately, but we're not. But yeah, that that moment for me, a delicate kick from Danny. He's running backwards when he makes that yeah, kick. Yeah, he's, was like, he's obviously read the defensive line rushing up. He's running backwards. He's trying to make eye contact with somebody to notice the gap in behind. You just described it perfectly with telepathy. David Flatman on commentary was again of similar ilk saying it was absolute perfection off the cuff two players who understand each other and the game pure talent and it was the the way that those two were on the same page when it really mattered brushes off Mercer bursts away and dives over just excellent and we should be out of sight 21-7 going into half time unfortunately it's it's so much closer than that so much closer and it's it's a common theme actually throughout the game and I don't know how I feel for me, it's five points job done, and we'll talk about the second half shortly, but I just can't help but feel we we let them get out of jail too many times and we just made it too easy for them to score their tries. They didn't really deserve to be well, the thing I don't is, think they you, deserve 26 points. The thing is, though, you say that, right? My favourite moment of the first half is still yet to come. It's Oscar Beer's try-saving tackle on Carreras. Oh, outrageous. It, it obviously comes from the fact that we aren't, brilliantly defensively defensively set up. There's quite a lot of space on that left edge. And the ball comes to Carreras and you just see Oscar Beard pin the ears back and yeah. absolutely fly. And because there's a little bit of dew and moisture on the surface, it's brilliant. Once he wraps and they both just slide into touch. And you can see how much it means to the boys actually, you know, he gets across and makes the tackle. But then also we put in quite a big defensive shift just before half time. We stuff the rolling mall. We win the turnover because the Gloucester player collapses it. You can see the referee saying brought down by White, which means that Alex Dombrandt can basically just swarm over the ball and make sure it's not going anywhere. So it's Harlequin's ball. And then obviously we just, you know, kick it downfield, we end up, you know, kicking the ball out. But at that, that point... That Oscar Beard tackle was like Courtney Laws against Tonga at Twickenham. Do you remember? Yeah, absolutely. A little bit. Not quite with the same sort of full pitch, sort of no. upper vertical running, but absolutely. But it was but, it was Carreras though. Yeah, he's got some wheels. I mean, not, yeah. not, as, not as quick as Newcastle Carreras, but still rapid. No. Not as quick as Oscar Beard. Not as quick as Oscar Beard, exactly. But but that big rolling mall stuff, they're quite central in their field position at that stage. So you you know, you assume that if they if they nudge that one over and it's suddenly fifteen fourteen and you think 
but we've battered them. How does 15-14 quite reflect the accuracy of the game? Yeah. But obviously Marcus has missed his kicks. So, you know. Well, that, that was the thing for me. And I'm, I'm sorry I'm fast-tracking, but the final score of 32-26, we've battered them 32-26. We've gifted them a couple of tries and we've left a lot out there as well. So we'll take that as a positive, I think, because I'll talk about it when we get to full time because we've still got an entire second half to talk about. <laughs> but to get five points and still have lots of improvements is actually quite a nice place to be. Yeah, I mean... Second half starts well, doesn't it? Mark, I was just about to say, I, there are few fewer things on this earth that I find sexier than watching Marcus Smith just grazing across the open turf at Twickenham. <laughs> just, you know, just watching him run and the hair flapping in the wind and the eyes scanning his next move. It's just so unbelievable. But we don't, we don't score from that big break that he makes. But I've got a couple of notes here before we jump forward to our next try. And obviously, we've had a couple of injury concerns at this stage. Steph's gone off, you know, sort of holding his shoulder. We don't quite know the severity of that. Mm. Marla seemed to have a little knock, and he came off at half time. What was his? Couldn't... I couldn't figure out his. I don't know something on his arm, but I think he just maybe, oh, was just, it? maybe just jarred it. But I'm not I sure. I mean, the way he celebrated Danny Kerr's try looked like there was nothing wrong with him. So I know, yeah, I loved seeing that from him. And you actually referenced it a couple of weeks back, seeing him give it full beans, like yeah. when he was away at Racing celebrating from the bench. Nice to see that pride, isn't it? From a absolutely, senior player. yeah, love never... that. And every time the camera pounds to him and it goes up on the big screen, there's a big old cheer for Marla, isn't there? Gives it the old rock and roll hand yeah, side. Love, loves it. But, <laughs> uh, but then, you know, we, we said it before, we said it again, Finn Baxter coming on doesn't seem to weaken us. You know, we actually won a scrum penalty at that point, which then puts us in field position. The line-out, unfortunately, falters. You know, we don't make the most of it. But then the try eventually does come. Dino's try, galloping down that left touch line. And he looked, like carry. He, he looked like he did a, well... He, he, yeah, he looked like he popped a shoulder or something. That didn't look. Didn't I look couldn't that work well. out if he popped it on that last bump on Carreras or whether it was upon landing when he dived over and the impact with the turf kind of dislodged. Yeah. If it's I upon landing, it you just if it's upon the landing, you just think maybe just dot it down, Dino. Don't put your body under the <laughs> under the unnecessary He's a big man, isn't he? Unnecessary stress. But if it's if it's in the contact, we guess we'll, we'll never quite know. But yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 not quite. That's the one we get away with, by the way. That's the one where it's a forward pass to Dommers. It is. And it's, it, it, on. it is a forward pass, isn't it? it uh, is, weirdly, it is, weirdly yeah. when I watched it back, karma, though. the referee said they didn't have the perfect camera angle for, which at Twickenham, you think, how can that be possible? How can you not have... Well, they, they did as well, because we all saw it. So. Well, that's the thing. I know that, but that's... that's I know. I, I but then again, the out. exact same thing happened in the first half for their trial. Yeah, I know. Literally all see it, so... It is a funny, it is a funny sort of... Call it 1-1. It's not an excuse from the referee, but it is funny to say, oh, we haven't got the right camera angle. How at the home of rugby can you not have the right cameras? Because if that was... It's not the, the ref's fault, is it? No, of course not. But it's just a funny thing to sort of funny way of putting it. But you, you stick the boot in the other foot there and you that's them scoring against us and we can all see it's forward. You'd be a bit annoyed if they said, oh, we haven't got the right camera because everyone in the ground can see it's forward. Well, you? yeah, that's why I mean it's 1-1, isn't it? Yeah, you I suppose. Sort of chalked off that first half one. Yeah, um, I suppose. But yeah, great finish from Dino. Reminded me of that try against Newcastle. Do you remember? Yeah blistering run I was buzzing to see him back on the team sheet by the way I didn't yeah we didn't know that was going to happen that quickly did we unfortunately it looks like he's going to be out on the shelf again for a little bit (laughs) add him to the list of people in the medical room we're going to have to upgrade aren't we I don't think we've got enough space in there at the moment we're going to have to build a new new medical centre because it's certainly full at the minute but well yeah let's get them back ASAP the next try is it's so perfectly Harlequins Do, do you know what it reminded me of yeah Rassing away Line out move, Andre. Oh Stenson, yeah, 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 absolutely. Barreling through, yeah. sends Adam Hastings for six. <laughs> Instead of Dommers on the second carry, it's Big Ernie Herbst. Big Ernie, he who carried, um, carry who carried unbelievably well since he, he came did, on. Didn't he did, didn't he? He's looking more and more impressive in the contact, forwards wise, as opposed to in defence. The front football he's been delivering is great, but anyway, he took that second carry, and then the water parts and Danny Kerr's through the biggest gap you'll ever see. Scores at HQ again. It's the Danny Care fixture, isn't it? Mr. Harlequins, Mr. Big Game. Well, I've, <laughs> are you reading? Are you reading my phone? I've got that written down on my notes. <laughs> I've got Mr. Big Game written down. Is that what you've got? I've, so I've. Well, we should actually mention that the the field position for the kick comes from another bit of Marcus's brilliant out of hand kicking. He's off the tee, yeah. struggled, but it's yeah. a fifty twenty two, and it sort of awkwardly bounces right in front of Carreras, who's nervous about standing in touch. But I've got Andre with the initial carry. Ernie then takes a couple with him. And yeah. it's Mr. Big Game, Mr. Harlequins, the greatest Quinn of all time in his 15th big game. 
I can see it on your screen. So good. <laughs> I'm holding my phone up to the screen now. He literally says, <laughs> Mr. Big Game, Mr. Harlequins. How funny is that? Is it time hey, maybe to... Maybe we've got a, a telepathy like Don yeah. and Care as well, mate. Maybe. Is it time for the anointing of the Danny Care South Stand? I would love that to happen while he still plays. I want to sit in the Danny Care South Stand while he's still playing. There's one gripe I have about all these tributes. Yes, it's great to have the Rob Shaw bar. Why are we not doing it while they're still playing? How good would that be? Why do we have to wait until they retire to reward somebody for what they've given to the club? Fifty, all fifteen big games. They should start calling it the Danny Care game or something. Yeah, the Danny, the Danny Care Foundation game at Twickenham the little big, game. <laughs> little big game. Little big game. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what more you can say about Danny Care. Fifteen no. big games played in every single one. It's just bonkers, isn't it? He's excellent as well. He's easily our best player at the moment as well. And you, and, and you can see the smile on his face when he goes. It's, it's, it is trademark DC. Just the little dummy and the Gloucester player stood there with his thumb up his ass while Danny just glides underneath the sticks. Massive dream. And also, you can see all the boys that come and run up to him and they're all sort of tapping him on the head and pointing at him as he's doing his big sort of salute to the crowd. It's just unbelievable. 37 next week. Jesus. Can you believe that? Well, if Benjamin I'm, Button for me. If I'm in as good a nick as him at 37, I'll have had a decent yeah. ten. I'll have, had a, I'll have yeah. had a decent ten years. Yeah, when he when he puts that kick through for Dommers, just have a look at his legs. His legs are immaculate. Yeah, incredible just, legs, just flying. But then you know we're now sort of waxing lyrical about Danny, which we could do for hours. But we'll uh, we'll wrap up the game because it's well, not I'm, the it's not the perfect ending. There's still the, 10 minutes to go at this point, oh, by the no, way. No, it's not the Marcus perfect Marcus knocks over a drop goal, which I think was a good decision at the time. Just keep Absolutely. the in and, and put them a little bit further out of reach. But The drop goal is definitely the right call, isn't it? Because it just seems to be slowing yeah. down at that stage and we don't seem to have maybe a few tired legs. We've obviously got some fresh faces coming on from injury, but it just seems that maybe things aren't quite fold, unfolding for another score. So Marcus just goes, do you know what? I'm just going to sit in the pocket. Saw it against Rassing at Paris, didn't we? Just drop it on the boot, stick it through, three points, making up for his errors off the tee. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if there was an element of that to it as well, because he would have known his kicking off the tee was was well below par, and it would have yeah. frustrated him. And I remember one of his conversions that he missed might have been in the second half. He gets a little bit of a frosty reception from the crowd, a little bit of a groan, and I'm sure that would have bothered him. So I wonder if that drop goal was a bit of a way of righting some wrongs and also trying to prove a bit of a point at Twickenham. He can kick a rugby ball, not just out of hand in, in open play, but also to score points. I wonder if there was an element of that to it, but it was absolutely the right decision to make anyway. So 100%. I was pleased with that. But one thing I wasn't pleased about in the last 10 minutes is that we conceded two relatively soft tries and didn't yeah. score anything ourselves when it looked like we were the dominant team still. Well, it's Johnny Mason. This, this is what yeah. I mean about being a bit frustrated. In those 10 minutes, we lose 14 nil. Yeah. To Gloucester. I know. But who were who were rubbish all day, let's be real. <laughs> That first try was good, but it was forward. And then apart from that, they offered nothing. And we gifted them a bonus point. In fact, we gifted them two bonus points. Yeah, two was two bonus points. That makes me so angry. Well, hopefully we're not going to be Considering they robbed us in the the first fixture of the season, (laughs) we should be putting our foot on the throat. I mean, hopefully we're not going to be looking that far down the table with what sort of point tally they're accumulating. But it's Johnny May's first premiership try of the season, but it's certainly not his first try at Twickenham. And then obviously, you know, the penalty try comes. It's definitely a penalty try, isn't it? It's a tough one because you could... It, it was a penalty try, yeah. It is a penalty try. But you just wonder if Tyron just maybe throws a second arm up there and is looking to make a genuine intercept, whether they're the same decision. I, you know come. what? I think he was looking to make a genuine intercept. But I, when you, but I when you go with I one hand... catch that with one hand. Yeah, but when you go with one... It, it's like the handball rule in football, isn't it? If the ball's up hand, it's, it's unlucky. It's kind of... You can't prove or disprove whether it's deliberate or not. No, I suppose you're right. But if you go with one hand in that position on the field that late in the game and you don't get there... But he doesn't slap it down. No, but you are asking for trouble a little bit, aren't you? Oh, 100%. He had to take the risk, I think. If he catches that, he scores. That's literally what I was about to say. He's probably thinking, if I can get my fingers on this and actually bring it down, I've got an 80-metre pelt down. And then for me, that is a fair scoreline. If we're taking seven off them and adding seven to our total, I just think it's... It's a little concerning that we can be so dominant and yet give the opposition so many freebies and get out of jails. Mm. It's not just in defence, by the way, just giving them points that they probably hadn't worked very hard for. It's when we're in attack and we seem to blow it ourselves with a line out or 
I think there was a scrum on their five meter line and we just gave them such an easy exit by giving away a scrum penalty. It just was the easiest way for them to escape their own try line. Little things like that is a little bit concerning. However, what I will say is we've just come off the back of a couple of defeats. Yeah. A little bit disappointing. Let's rewind to Northampton away where we just come off a big defeat against Saracens. It looked like we were trying to play our way into form again and yet we fell on the wrong side of the result. But we played pretty well, and it was a couple of mistakes that cost us. This felt like a similar performance, but we were up against a much poorer opposition in Gloucester than Northampton, and we managed to get the five points instead. So we'll take that as a positive. We're we're on the upward curve again, much like earlier in the season, only this time we've managed to convert those points into five points and a win. We then go into another Northern team, Newcastle coming up, Let's rewind after Northampton. We had Sale at home and we really clicked. Another yeah. Northern team, we put them to the sword at home. Let's hope that after a couple of defeats, we're starting to build ourselves back up. We've got a few new faces in the team. Let's familiarise themselves with their teammates, start to get things to click. We've got some momentum now. And hopefully, despite a few little errors here and there and the scoreline being flattering for Gloucester, Hopefully we can take that performance up to Newcastle and be more ruthless, not give away so many freebies and put in a performance like we did against Sale off that same trajectory as that we're on right now. No, I think I've made you you're absolutely spot on and, and Newcastle is gonna be never easy, but you should know you're hoping it's gonna be a, a, a bit of a free I can't say the word freebie because it's a bit harsh, but it should be a it should be a, a game we look look to win with five points. But oh, 100 percent mate. When you look at the league table and there's three points between first and sixth. Yeah. And you've got two fixtures. You've got Gloucester in ninth and you've got Newcastle in 10th. That take can't 10. be anything less than Absolutely 10 points. Absolutely have to it take cannot 10. be anything less than 10 points. Right. Yeah, to um, one thing before we jump into some three-word reviews, is there a better way to win a game than a Will Evans turnover? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, maybe not. None spring to mind, but... I really enjoyed Marcus Smith running away with the ball as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He could have kicked it out three or four times and decided he wanted to just keep running and enjoy the moment. Just wanted a couple nearly more seconds. Nearly ran it off. <laughs> just wanted a couple more seconds in the limelight, didn't he? Yeah. I, he nearly ran the ball off. He should have kicked yeah. it earlier because I don't think you're allowed to run it off, are you? It I don't think right. so. I think you'll kick it. Anyway, yeah. let's do some three-word reviews. You uh, and Laws, razzle, dazzle, shizzle. Not quite sure what the last one means, but I quite enjoy it. Um, Michael Cross, never in control, which I think is not entirely true. We had, did have control for large portions of the game. Maybe just the scoreboard didn't accurately reflect that. Um, at Burge, um, believe in Beard. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. And he's going like, to have a big couple of weeks, isn't he? And you made the point he's going to have to have a big couple of weeks, isn't he? You know, with with what we think is maybe an injury to Will Joseph. Otherwise, we'd imagine we'd have seen him play. Be nice mm-hmm. to see him start to get some tries, actually, in the same way that Will Joseph's been scoring for us and Joe yeah. March used to score so often for us. Chris Oates, amazing rugby spectacle. Uh, at Joe Pettit, what a tackle! There was a couple of them. I think Oscar's yeah. and and uh, and Nick Davis towards the end of the end as well. At Cy Bolton, five welcome points. As you just said, five welcome points after a couple of tough weeks, losing to Toulouse, then getting beaten on the road at Bath, and with Newcastle up next, that was a big five points that we absolutely needed. Uh, the king of mackerel, zero forward yeah. passes. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at that one. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> quite, quite like it, um, which is good. Uh, Serenity seeker which I think is a Gloucester fan. The profile picture was certainly a test of that. Ball went forward or Leal is blind. Um, that's Adam Leal, the referee, a little bit harsh, but never mind. Um, Paul Macy, England's number 10. So true. He's got to take the reins, hasn't he, in February? Got to take the reins. Well, you could always pick two entirely different England 15s, couldn't you? One that plays the Marcus Smith way with him at 10, and then one that plays the George Ford way with him at 10. And they're both good 15s. I got two more that I want to pick out because this one I really like. Uh, Nick Holt, Mercer fears Dommers. Yes, I think that's probably accurate. It is accurate. Hundred yeah. percent, that is accurate. And he then even the last said that one, in his interview after the game. I yeah. I fear Alex Dombrant. Yeah, and then the last one, which we must leave and we can't you know, look past, Toby Lockyer, top class entertainment, and that's not just on the pitch; it's everything that went with it. What an amazing day! Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one thing that we should mention is that this wasn't just broadcast on TNT. It was also on ITV Rugby, which I think is brilliant. A game like that deserved to be on ITV. And 
as much as I grumble about Gloucester getting more points than they deserved, it was probably quite quite good for the neutral and probably quite good for the sport in general. So we'll take it with a pinch of salt. I'm very quickly Let's... just going to read out Laurie Dalrymple's tweet as well. Um, you know, the, the CEO who makes all this happen, the man at the helm. Well, that was really fun. This club is simply amazing. Thank you to everyone for your support. To deliver days like yesterday takes enormous effort. We have the best people in our club who deserve so much credit. And how good was Joel Corey? <laughs> loves a bit of techno. Loves a bit He's of techno. He's a raver, isn't he? Old raver, old Laurie, isn't he? <laughs> Mate, um, before we um, before we wrap up, because we have, like you said, we have a quick look forward to Newcastle. We are a little bit short in terms of injuries, so well, yeah. Let's well, let's let's touch base. Let's reset and review where we're at. I've got the injury list here. It doesn't make great well, reading. Luke Northmore, yeah, probably going to be a little while. We'll we should go. say we should say this is our injury list. We, we this, this isn't the official one. We might not know things. Well, that when are the, going on when the, the team the scenes, gets but... announced in the website link, it's got an unavailable list, which is usually the injured players. And then what I've done is I've added on the injured players from the weekend to that list. Northmore, no idea when he'll be back. Will Joseph, not sure either. Don't really know the extent of his injury. Yeah. Aidan Murley, again, not sure, but I don't think it's soon. Dino looked like he popped his shoulder. And as a back row slash second row, I imagine that will probably be quite a long time. Steph, Steph, similar. Steph was shoulder slash collarbone or something. Something like that. He was in his sling at full time, but he sort of had his... Had his arm tucked into his like shirt, you know, like a sort of homemade yeah. sling on the on his way off the pitch. So that's not great. Rotten bit of luck for him. Marler, unknown. He looked fine celebrating Danny Kerr's yeah, try. So yeah, if he's still giving it rock horns on the side of the pitch, hopefully it's not going to be too bad. We'll, we'll see. Kenningham again, another another freak accident in training this week. By the look of it, saw him put out an Instagram post saying how much he misses playing. Jared Evans on crutches. I don't know if that's actually, Nico Ankle. You spoke well, I, to him, didn't you? I bumped into him before the game, actually. I just said, oh, how are you feeling, mate? And he reckons sort of early February, so hopefully not too bad. I think he's in a bit of a... In that's, a, bit a of... that's a real shame, because I would have had him starting 10 for Newcastle and Cardiff, mm. given Marcus a bit of a rest week. Don't know about that, but it just certainly, you know, it's just that backup option, isn't it? We didn't see Will Evans off the bench yesterday, so we'll see how he if we'll see how he goes if he get if he gets a run. But hopefully it's not too bad. I think the brace that he's in is just the yeah. bit of precaution when he's moving about. Yeah, and then a couple more. Tom Lorde was on that injury list. I'm not sure why, because he hasn't played. It must have been <laughs> another training injury. And then, is Chandler Cunningham South injured? He was doing some run-throughs before the game, so I don't think so. Fine. Maybe it's That's just, good. again, managing a, young, managing a young lad's workload. He was certainly doing yeah. plenty, plenty of run-throughs before the game, so I don't think so. I think he might get a run-up at... But Probably so. rewarding James Chisholm for his man of the match. And I think that is well. absolutely crucial. Chis was unbelievable at Bath. He definitely deserved his spot, didn't he? Yeah, so... Let's talk about Newcastle then. I'm probably going to go, assuming Joe Marler's unavailable, I'm going Baxter, Walker, Collier. Yeah. I'm going Launchbury. I think Louise is probably out, so I'm going... And Dino's uh, definitely out. So it's going to be Ernie, who, who probably deserves it, actually. And hopefully we'll see George Hammond back as well, maybe on the hopefully, bench. Maybe he'll occupy a bench spot just to manage his minutes. And then I think you go Chisholm, Webb and Domers. Or maybe oh. Chandler comes back in. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. But there's a, we're, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be okay there somewhere, won't we? Yeah, and then I would have liked to have rotated one of Marcus and Danny, but I don't think you can now. I think no. you need them. So yeah. I'll go with Danny and Marcus. I'll go with Andre. And then... Oscar, Oscar gets another run for me at 13, absolutely. Oh, I, I don't know. I quite fancy giving Lenny a go. Lenny likes playing against Newcastle. We scored that good yeah. fight season. You go with physicality, two big lumps in the midfield, up in the north away at Newcastle. You put Oscar Beard on the wing where I want him to start scoring more tries. And then you stick with Nick David and Tyrone Green. And that's, I think Cameron Anderson deserves to be in the 23 still. So I think he wears 23. But I think you change up your midfield and go a bit more heavy artillery. I think I'm going to disagree with you. I think after the way Oscar Beard played in his natural position at 13 yesterday, I think you give another go there. No complaints. I thought it was outstanding. No complaints. Just a different way of playing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, but no, it's been um, it's been a fun year, and hopefully we're going to start twenty twenty four with a bit of a bang up at Kingston Park. I won't be going because it's absolutely miles away, and I'll be I'll be back at work on the Monday. But I'm sure there'll be a few people travelling, maybe not as many as Paris, but there'll be a few. Before we wrap up and wish you all a happy new year, any podcast highlights from twenty twenty three? It's been a pretty cool year for us, hasn't it? A hundred thousand plays a couple of weeks ago, into our fourth season, and with a live show coming up in a couple of weeks. I would say guests, as yeah. always. I think that's probably a highlight for most of our listeners as well, is getting a different voice, a third voice on here, as much as you and me blabbering on every week. Caden Murley was a good one. 
Ugo Monia was a brilliant one, actually. Ugo was class. My favourites, yeah. I'd love to get him back on, actually. Um, guess Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do that in the new year. Yeah, we've never had a sort of repeat guest before. I think it'd be good, he'd be a good one to do. If you fancy the follow-up. Yeah, relatively neutral these days as well. I think he has to be. That yeah. first episode, he was very much Quinn's bias talking about his career. <laughs> exactly what we wanted. But it might be interesting to get his broader take on the league at the moment, given how competitive it is. Um, so he was great. Guests are great. It feels like it's been a big year for the pod. I feel like we've grown quite a lot. We've hit 100,000 plays. That was pretty special. But then we've also announced our first live show. And there's no better way to start 2024 than Cardiff away in Europe with our first ever live podcast in collaboration with Stoop Live. So that's going to be pretty cool. That feels like a sort of a groundbreaking moment for us that happens this year that is going to kick off next year. They're probably my highlights, mate. 100,000 plays, a live show coming, and then some wicked guests. What about you? Well, we had that big weekend in Paris, didn't we, in early January? That was a lot of Way fun. days. Always yeah, in away days. days. Bath was great. I mean, I've done Bath a couple of times. It was nice to get down there. Been to Gloucester as well and other bits and bobs. But it's just fun, mate. Just, you know, nothing gives you more joy than spending a, a whatever it is, a Friday night, a Saturday afternoon, a Sunday afternoon with your mates in the South Down watching the boys. It's just outstanding. We're so, so lucky that we support the best club in the whole world. Anyway. 100%. Let's wrap up with a bit of big summer kickoff promo. Yep. So if you weren't able to catch any of this yesterday at Big Game 15, it's been announced Harlequins are playing Northampton Saints in round 16 of the Gallagher Premiership on Saturday the 27th of April. It's a five past three kickoff, which is always a bit of a weird one. Um, But I guess that means more people will be in their seats. It's at Twickenham Stadium, much like previous big summer kickoffs. This one hasn't really taken off yet. It's still in its infancy, isn't it? Big summer kickoff. There's been some brilliant acts over the past. They've had the Kaiser Chiefs before. They've had Craig David. There's always West Fan Village Entertainment. Pre and post match bars are open as always. There's always rides and inflatables and games and great food and beverages, face paint, light yeah. shows, fireworks. Yeah. You know the score. And, and hopefully, hopefully a bit cheap. of sun as well. Hopefully a bit it's of sun. This year, 30 quid for an adult ticket extremely cheap and then under 18s are from 20 quid so make sure you cash in get those tickets in early as always much like big game 15 it's free for season ticket holders claim your tickets now doesn't cost you a penny just gets your seat locked in helps the club manage their their promotions and their sales and where they allocate the seats i'm going to be getting mine i'm looking forward to it i think big summer kickoff is is going to be huge think about 15 years of big game this one's still so early why not give it another go in a different season? And it's against the brilliant opposition in Northampton Saints. So we'll leave it there for this week with a bit of a rallying cry. Invite your friends, invite your family, get the word out there, help the club grow, help the sport grow. This weekend was so special. The players loved it. We got what we wanted, five big points. Let's go do it again in April. Unreal. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in 2024. Come on, you Quins. Come on, Quins. <laughs>